What it is, everybody? Welcome to episode 56 of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. My name's David Pether, but you can call me Fish. With me, as always, is my favorite sack of shit, Connor McDonald! You got that out? It's out now? Just, just had to shit it out onto the microphone. Shit it all out, but we're there. I'm free, I'm relieved, and I won't be. I just, I'm done. Podcast over. Don't need to talk anymore. That's it. Roll credits. Connor, what are we reviewing this week? We are reviewing The Martian. That's that's the new Mark Wahlberg one, right? Yeah, that's it. Mark Wahlberg is on Uluru. Mark Wahlberg stuck on Uluru. Uluru. And he can't, he can't get down. Those, that's, the, that's the plot. Those red sands. All right, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but um, what's coming up that we want to talk about? I'm really keen to talk about Goosebumps. I haven't seen... I've seen one trailer for it. Everybody is hyped to the max, and I'm imagining it's because um, nostalgia, maybe. I've never read a Goosebumps book, ever. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we've sort of spoken about this. They were they were around when you were a kid, though, right? But you just didn't read them? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah they're, yeah. they're around. I have all of them, in fact. I have them all, like, in the other room. But I've never I've never read a Goosebumps book. I don't know why. And I never saw any. Was there a cartoon or a show or some shit? Yeah, there was, it was like a live-action um, TV show. Yeah, never saw it. Never, never. I don't know anything about Goosebumps, but everyone's really hyped. Are people hyped? Are they? Are they really? Yeah, people are pretty pumped. We put out the Goosebumps standee at work, and um, people were like, "Oh yeah," everyone's really keen. But like, I watched the trailer for it. I don't know. It doesn't look that great, to be honest. It looks a bit dumb. Oh really? I um, yeah. I have. I haven't really picked up any of the hype at all. Just, I guess it's um, you know, I'm not working at a cinema anymore, and I'm not really yeah, around. Yeah people who are kind of into that shit um but i i am hyped i saw the standee for it the other day when when i went to go see the visit and um yeah and i turned to beck and i was like fucking goosebumps because i remember seeing like a little like there was like a, a um a competition a, a while probably a year or so ago um and it was all jack black was just like talking to the screen and saying um you yeah. know come into this competition and you could you could win the chance to be on set on Goosebumps for a day. And yeah. I was just like, that's fucking cool. I didn't even realize there was a Goosebumps movie um, and yeah. Jack Black's in it. Like, wow, what the fuck? It's like, been a while since he's been in anything. But th- Yeah, well, that's true. But I, I couldn't, I couldn't like, really put together a universe where Jack Black would fit in a Goosebumps movie. Um <laughs> I, you know, they are. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have any idea, to be honest. I, I'd never seen Goosebumps. Yeah. But isn't he like the he's the, the creator of it? Isn't he? He's made all the Goosebumps books in the movie. Well, in the in the movie, he plays R.L. Stein, who's the the writer. Yeah, which is yeah. pretty cool. I only just realised that. But I, I, and now that that kind of makes sense. But I was, you know, because they were always like they were the scary books when I was a kid. Like, and I fucking loved them. I used to read them. I read pretty much all of them. Um, at least in the time the ones that were released when. You know, I was around probably 10, 10 and 11. I, you know, I'd, I was so obsessed with these things that I'd read like a whole book in a day. And they were only tiny books, but like at, at 10, it was like a major feat to finish a fucking book. Yeah. Not just finish it during the, you know, one day, you know. So, um, not I, like I, not finishing Captain Underpants, finishing another actual book. It's uh, yeah, always to read growing up. It's <clears throat> always to read was Captain Underpants. I read every single one. That had, that had like drawings and shit in as well, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Times. It was dope as fuck, man. I loved like, it. Yeah. So, like, I, I, yeah, I would definitely say I am excited, but I, I was interested to know what, why they were sort of bringing it out now, because like, I don't, as far as I'm aware, I didn't think the books were still around. Um, 
like it's already. probably just like to uh, to reboot the franchise a little bit. I mean, like they're doing it with a lot of things. Bring out the Peanuts movie as well. Yeah, but Peanuts makes sense. Like Goosebumps to me, like it was it was huge at the time. But like I like there was no real franchise to reboot. But saying that, or as far as I was I was concerned, but saying that um, for Christmas, my parents bought me the box set of the Goosebumps TV show. And I remember yeah. watching like a few episodes here and there that like, I don't, th- I don't remember it actually being on TV or at any time that I was mm. aware of, but um, I used to rent out the VHS of one of the episodes. It was like um, terror tower or something like that. It's all about this executioner. And I remember being fucking terrifying and I've gone back and watched some of these shows now. And I think some of them are actually on Netflix as well. So that might be part of the resurgence, but like I, um, it's quite a good little TV show. Uh, it was very much in the vein of like, um, are you scared of the dark and, and stuff like that, like Nickelodeon TV shows that kind of had like a bunch of kids telling horror stories. The books were great as a kid, so I have definitely got that nostalgia feeling, but I didn't realize that people were actually pumped for it. So that's cool to, that's cool to know. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon it'll do well. I mean, like it's going to run off nostalgia. It's a kid's film coming around Christmas. Like, there's a lot of audiences they're going to get just from the timing of the release, which is pretty smart. So I think I think they're going to be doing quite well. So you, um, think, you think it looks dumb, do you? No, I, I just don't think it looks, like, spectacular. I don't think, for someone who's never, like, grown up with Goosebumps and I've never seen the show or read the books and I'm not the target audience for the film, like, I don't, I don't think I'll have too much of an interest in it but jack black so you know yeah it's always, a good, yeah, that's it's always it. a good start jack black is pretty much the coolest coolest fucking guy on the planet so, so it'll be that's good really to see the him only calling card for you yeah yeah well and the fact that we'll have to fucking review it it's <laughs> the other calling card it's a <laughs> calling true. card for like three quarters of the movies we see lately that's true um, i actually think it looks kind of cool i wasn't really sure of what they could do with it i saw the the um you know with the standee and it just had all the different monsters and there was a few that i recognized from like when i was a kid like slappy the dummy yeah. the ventriloquist dummy is fucking scary as shit and all the like the garden gnomes i read those books when when i was younger so there's like a there's a yeti isn't there as well yeah yeah there's a big yeti um and I was like, how are they sort of doing this? Because like all the Goosebumps books were like standalone stories. So I was like, what is it? Is this just one story or is it some like, does, is Jack Black like a hunter of these things? But then actually seeing the trailer and seeing that he's R.L. Stein and all the, the monsters are actually captured within his manuscripts. I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. And it gave me a very um like Jumanji vibe. Yeah, that's what I got as well. Very Jumanji, very sort of like sort of old school cheesy 90s sort of feel to it which i think is it's going to have that yeah absolutely like. and um and that actually excites me like i like jumanji was a, another a big fan i was a big fan of jumanji as a kid and still am to be honest so there's nothing more satisfying than seeing like films try and go back to like 90s goofy adventure films they're the fucking coolest things ever yeah. Like early 2000s, 90s adventure films were so daggy and so fucking ridiculous and they're so cool to watch. So hopefully yeah. it's like that. But yeah, I'm keen. I'm keen for it. I mean, like, I'm not keen to watch the movie. I'm just keen to to get involved in this crazy world that everyone's been <laughs> for ages. And it better be good, I swear to God. Well, it looks fun. Like, to me, it looks fun. And I think my, the biggest, like, for me, um, having read the books, uh, the thing I'm most excited about is because they're bringing all these monsters from the different stories, and because they're all from actual books. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm excited because I haven't read them in like fucking 15 years, so it's gonna be like, Jesus. I just feel like this wave of nostalgia is gonna slap me in the face, 
every time a new monster comes out, I'd be like, oh, fuck, that's right. That fucking big giant ant thing. Just like some some guy comes out of, like, in the cinema, he comes up to you and he's like, do you fucking remember this bit? Do you fucking remember it? Do you fucking remember this, dickhead? Every cinema, they hire a guy that does that. Yeah. From this book, you fucking idiot. He, he, he like, throws the Goosebump book at you. Throws the Goosebump. <laughs> fucking read it. Well, the funny thing about Goosebumps as well is there are actually um, some of the ideas from Goosebumps have been big inspirations for some of the films that I've made. Like my my movie that I'm working on at the moment is a camping horror film and it is very much based off a film called, uh, not a film, a book called um, Welcome to Camp Nightmare. And it was all just based off the front cover of this book that used to scare the shit out of me as a kid. And I thought... When I was writing a horror film, I'm like, what scares me the most? And it was this cover of a fucking Goosebumps book. So I built a whole script around that. So that's kind of the connection that I have to this shit. So it's going to be it's gonna be a big one. Yeah, I, I'm keen. I'm keen. This is Ashburn you're talking about, Ashburn Waters. Yeah, Ashburn Waters. Yeah. yeah. I'm, keen to, I'm keen to see you both, by the way. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to review your film as well. <laughs> oh, I am very confused at when it is being released, though. When Do you know? Is it is it around Christmas? Is it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's New Year's or Christmas or some shit. Because yeah, I saw some shit. I saw um, there's an October 16 release for like the Americas, but I yeah. the only date I could find here was like the 14th of January, which I feel like yeah. is kind of. I guess I it's, it's during like, school holidays, so. I think it's around like October 31st, something like that. Because that's what I, I would I would release it like fairly soon. Like October 16th makes sense to me because it's around that. That yeah. Halloween and Halloween's you know slowly getting bigger here it is Australian releases here never make fucking sense though can we just clarify like <laughs> the this, the distribution system here is fucked beyond belief and still blows my fucking mind that we get shit so late and this like this wouldn't shock me if it comes out fucking July next year I wouldn't <laughs> bat an eye it was originally um, slated to be released next year so that wouldn't surprise me either if they just like oh but yeah like, German- Birdman came out in America like six months before it came oh, out no, here. It made no fucking joke. sense. No fucking sense. Yeah, that was a joke. Ugh. But then then you get it on the other hand, like some of the big films, like a lot of the Marvel films come out here like a week or two before they come out in the yeah. States. Like, what the fuck? I don't understand. It's fucking stupid. It makes me fucking angry. It's just have a worldwide release for every film that comes out, for which, God's sake. Yeah, which makes all kinds of sense now because everything's digital. Like, it's just... Everything is fucking digital. Or, you know, the, whole, the whole reason it happened before was because, you know, there was the time to get, you had to get the, the film prints. like the, yeah. the reel over here and all this stuff. It's all fucking digital now. I get delivered the hard drives. It's just this tiny little fucking rectangular hard drive. They hand it in a box and they go, hello, here's a new film. Exactly. Did you sign your name? And then you sign your fucking name and they've got the film. There's no fucking reason they need to release it so late. It gives me the shits. Yep. Straight Outta Compton came out like three weeks fucking late here as well. Yeah, I know. Well, why? Why the no fuck sense. would you do that? It makes no sense. Ugh. It makes and it makes Everything. no sense in terms of like the, the world that's heavily based on social media and the internet now. Like we get things ruined for us, you know, because yeah. movies Everything. get released three weeks, fucking well, I mean, like- six months early, and then all of and we, you know, all the reviews and shit come out and and sort of start to shape our opinion of the film before we even get to the fucking thing. And that's what pisses me off the most. I mean, like the, the thing that like one of the big issues I have is like social media is around. Yeah. And bottom line is we go after everything we want as soon as it comes out anyway. Like if a show is coming out in the States before it's coming out, like any fucking, any big television show 
we have to illegally download or it's hopefully on Netflix, but we get it early. Like we go out of a way to find it early, like True Detective. When that came out, everyone just downloaded it anyway for in this failure. Breaking Bad was the same. Like we didn't get that shit at the same time. So we fucking go out of our way to get it illegally. So all they're doing really is just fucking up their own industry because they, they're too dense to realize that we have the ability to just go after the shit whenever we want. Now, anyway, thanks to stuff like the Pirate Bay and other websites, it's just fucking stupid. It's fucking frustrating. Yeah. And then you hear Rupert Murdoch go on about how, we need Foxtel, everything's fucked, Netflix is the worst, and it's fucking annoying. Like, just put shit out when you put it out in the States. God fucking damn it. Yeah. I'm going to have an aneurysm. I'm going to have an aneurysm in a second. Mm-hmm. Here, here. God damn. I totally, yep. They're, they're only shooting themselves in the foot. So, anyway, should we move on to the Martian? Yes, we should. Please, goddamn. Can you um, settle down and give us a plot summary? Sure, I'd love to give a plot summary. So, the Martian follows Matt Damon, and he's on Mars with his crew. And then a storm hits, and he gets knocked out, and his crew have to leave the planet. And the whole film follows Matt Damon as he tries to survive on Mars uh, until his crew can return to save him. That's the bare bones plot summary. Mm-hmm. And then and, uh, uh, while this is all happening, NASA's trying to figure out how they can help him and it's all like a hierarchy game and like they have to go behind NASA's back to make sure they can get him back. It's all just like really, really, really kind of tricky shit. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, Matt Damon looks like he's like a bulimic Kenyan man and he launches up into space and he gets saved by the cutting his glove him. open. Yeah, his crew that left comes back. He has to cut his glove open and he launches into space and fucking flies over to the space station and gets saved. And then fade to black and suddenly Matt Damon's on Earth. Everybody's happy. Everybody lives. Everybody's good. The end. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? Yeah, good enough. Um, it's funny, we, yeah. like you give the when you when you were cutting off at the bare bones version of of this plot summary with it being a guy's lost on Mars and and it's basically about him surviving for four years before a new mission comes back to Mars to to save him, sort of thing. I want to go back to our conversation that we've had quite a bit about fucking trailers that just ruin everything for everyone. Yeah, this ruined everything for everyone. Yep, at least the second trailer of this. I remember the first trailer being quite boring and um, just a lot of people looking worried. But the the second trailer, the final shot of the second trailer is him, him in, in the, the escape pod. Yeah, I, I actually didn't put it together because I, I guess I just wasn't fully paying attention to the trailer. Yeah. But like I, a friend of mine at work brought this up and he said, look, so he asked me if I'd seen it. I said, yeah. And he's like, OK, so he gets into a space shuttle and launches up and somebody catches him. Right. And I was like, have you seen it? And he's like, no, I've seen the trailer. I was like, fuck. And he showed me, we watched the trailer and there's that one shot of him just in the thing with every, everything's all rough and it's just him in the, in, the, in the spaceship. So it's obviously that he gets into a spaceship that gets him off Mars. Why would you put that in your trailer? Yeah, honestly, trailers ah. are fucked. I, I try to avoid all of them at the moment, but it's hard because I see a movie every week. So I see the fucking trailers before it. Don't yeah. make a difference. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, a quarter of the way through this movie, which is something I want to bring up later, a quarter of the way through this movie, you know, you know the plot. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah. I'll go into the details why. But first of all, let's talk about Matt Damon. Did you like him in this film? No. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. At all. Why? What? What didn't? What made you not like Matt Damon? 
Um, the fact okay. that he was so two-dimensional that it made you want to fucking scream out loud. Pretty much. Um, it's... Okay, I've got a weird a weird relationship with Matt Damon. I I feel like I want to hate him because he's got yeah. this fucking smug face and he's got <laughs> he's, he's just like a smug motherfucker. You know, like in 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 real life when you see him in interviews and stuff, he's always really confident. He's really, such a prick, yeah. And I, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, but then there's something he's he's kind of like charming at the same time but then the characters that he plays i've always really enjoyed like i liked the Bourne movies yeah i i liked how much of a prick he was in in the stella i liked him in true grit like he he plays a dickhead really well but you still kind of like him until this role where he's playing a character who is a smug motherfucker and it just made me think i do not like you I don't like this character yeah. and I don't like him. Yeah, he's so two-dimensional and I feel like the whole way through the film he's he's very he, he he's too positive. I needed to see yeah. him get into a dark space and he kind of gets there a few times but doesn't really and that kind of pisses me off because there's so many like opportunities where they could have you know made us be like fuck He's not going to get through this. Uh, look, Matt Damon's character is one that I think they've done. They did the same thing in Easy A, which is such a weird comparison to make. But with Easy A, you have Emma Stone. I didn't like Easy A because of Emma Stone because everyone's like, oh, Emma Stone, she's so sassy. But like, um. she doesn't fucking do anything the whole way through the fucking film. She's just the, the same. But, and, and Matt Damon is the exact same. He's like sort of witty and sort of positive, but he's nothing but that. There's one yeah. moment where he gets upset. One moment, yeah, and then for the rest of the film, he's fine. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool and fun and whatever. But I want to see this character be more than just this two dimensional, like happy go lucky dude. Like, I need to see his struggle. I need to see his. You need like, to see you know, him fuck up. You need to see him nearly yeah. die. Like, well, I need to see him on the verge of death for me to give a shit about this guy. You need to see him in different fucking like shades. You know, he's yeah. just always positive. Yeah, always. It's fucking annoying. And he's not um, even like a cool positive. He's just a dick positive. Yeah. And it's, I mean, like the smart ass thing is really cool. And it's cool to have a protagonist that is more than just a plain Jane, yeah. like, oh, you know, but that's, but he, they've taken it too far. He doesn't have this side to him that shows his stress and his frustration. And it's, it's really kind of fucking annoying. That's not, Damon's fault is what I was going to say. No, and I, I know, I, I, I recognize that. It's definitely the character and the way it's been written and directed, like 100%. But just, just the fact that I've always been on the verge of not liking Matt Damon, it just sort of put yeah. me over, you know? This is not helping you. Yeah, that's right. Like, when, when he first is left on Mars, I was like, I didn't think he had enough time there was like, there's a bit of a time where he's kind of just wandering around being like, shit, what should I do? But there wasn't really enough. And I think that they needed to really push home. Like he should have just been like, those motherfuckers left me. I can't believe they left me. And then he kind of yeah. gives up. And then there should be that moment where he's like, I'm not fucking dying on this, on this planet, which he does say, but it happens so quickly. It's just kind of like, oh, okay. Well, all right. He's, he's is- staying positive. He's staying in the, in the zone. Yeah. He's okay. The, okay. Moment, the he's- moment he says that, the moment he says that, I was like, well, now I know the whole plot. Stamford's not going to die. Like, I knew that from that point. I was like, no. And the whole reason I knew that was because, and this is one of the reasons his personality doesn't work, is because it's not just him, but his character that is two-dimensional. Nothing bad happens to this fucking guy ever in this whole movie. He's stuck on Mars for four years and this is my biggest problem everything just works out for him yep. literally everything yeah oh i'm stuck on mars well, i've got potatoes oh how am i going to grow crops i can grow crops now 
Oh, my crops are gone. Oh, luckily I can, luckily I have more potatoes. Oh, I've, I don't have any more food. Oh, they're sending a probe. Oh, the, pro, the probe blew up. Oh, doesn't matter. Like nothing matters. You know, you know yeah. he's going to be fine because there's never a point where anything he does has consequences. He just succeeds every single time. That's exactly it. And that's what I was going to say before. Like, they build him up and, and make it, like, there's so many positive things happening. Oh, yeah, it's it, uh, I'm growing plants on a planet where nothing grows. Oh, but wait, I can do it. Okay. All right. So he had to, he had to fucking bury them in his own shit. Yeah, that's okay. Problem. But he it tells you the problem that's about to happen, and then he fixes the problem immediately. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't do any, he doesn't go through any fucking sort of hardship to get to it. Um, there is, okay. there is that one point that I, I, started to get faith again when the crops get destroyed um you know when the the air hole uh the airlock blows which is up. immediately solved i know it was like finally here we go and I'm, I'm gonna see him decline here and he doesn't because he just fixes it. he puts a fucking tarp over it and it's all like ah oh, it's all good she literally, all good literally every every bit of tension that's in this film is immediately dissolved every yeah. single bit i was sort of relating it to gravity if you if you think back to gravity Everything went wrong for Sandra Bullock. It was like every like once she got through one thing, it was kind of like okay, she got through that, and then fucking something else goes wrong, and you're like, how the fuck is she gonna get through this? And yeah, probably went one too many with that sort of style yeah, because it, it started be to get to a point thing. where you were just like, fucking, just leave this bitch alone. But then yeah, that's kind of the uh, the 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 extreme. But through Gravity, I was like on the edge of my seat. Like being like, I oh, really well, yeah. want her to get out of this. I didn't really give a shit if Matt Damon got out of this. Like it was kind of like I just no, know. I know he's going you to know? because he can. Yeah, exactly. If he can grow an unlimited, basically an unlimited supply of food, um, I, he's pretty much got no problem, and he can keep making fertilizer because he keeps using his own shit. So it's like okay, fine. But then when they give us this one little slither of oh, hold on, he's gonna get cut off from that. It's like, no. And he's like eating throughout the whole movie. So I never once yeah, thought that he was ate. hungry. He fucking eats the whole time. Like yeah. he's just always eating food. I'm starving, he says, as he eats a, yeah. like a can of nuts. Like <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make any fucking sense. And what pisses me off, it's not even what happens on Mars that succeeds. Like every single other character just sorts out every fucking problem. They're like, oh, we can't get to him in time. Look at this time frame. Nothing's going to make sense. And then fucking Childish Gambino just rocks up and he's like, oh, by the way, I fixed it all. Yeah. Like, he's just like, I know, I know how to do it. Yeah, he just and then he explains, to, he explains to the brightest minds in the world how to do it via a fucking stapler, yeah. which made me mad. I was like, oh, God, that's dumb exposition. He's like, yeah. like, it was like, making- it was a good try, Ridley Scott. It was a good try. Yeah, you tried. <laughs> I, but I, I don't know if I fully that. like. I, I actually enjoyed the stuff at NASA a lot more than what was going on. That's be- that's because there was drama and an antagonist yeah. and tension. Like Jeff, Jeff Daniels was great. Like he was a character that had to do what he had to do. He was justified in his own mind. He was justified in my mind as well. Yeah. But he was the bad guy. And he yeah. did it really well. And that's what I mean. There was there was actually a struggle among the, that group there. Like the guy from Twelve Years a Slave was trying to fucking, you know, he's like, "What? Well, are you serious? We have to go back and get this guy." And Jeff Daniels is all like, "Well, fuck. We've already said he's dead. Like maybe we should just let it, yeah. you know, be." And it's I kind of seen it from his view as well. Like it's like you can either, especially when they they send the other the other crew back who have limited fuel and all that sort of thing. It's like, well, you're gonna lose the whole crew. 
or just one of the crew. And it's kind of like, fuck, yeah. that's a tough decision to make. And I, and I really like that. And fucking seeing Bean coming in, um, Sean Bean, you know, having, he had some really yeah. fucking good bits. And it, it, like, it all seemed to be happening there. But this movie is about a man fucking trapped on Mars. Why are we fucking more interested in the people in the fucking office? And everything on Mars is fine. Like, it was entertaining to watch him on Mars. Oh, like, looks, I was happy watching It looks fucking Fox. brilliant. And, like, I, I actually think all of the solutions that he came up with were fucking really clever. Yeah. And, and I was like, yes, I, I'm totally with He's Yeah, okay, I get it. He's done it. Um, but we needed to see him have to fucking think about these things, not just do it. Yeah, I mean, like, the easiest movie to compare this to is Interstellar, man. Because two of the main cast members from Interstellar are in this fucking movie about space. Um, yeah, true. But, but I didn't like, even think about Jessica Chastain, actually. Yeah, God damn. Actually, I, I do want to point out that I feel like they've just recycled actors and characters from other movies in, in many, many ways. Like, there's, there's three big ones. Like, Matt Damon, it's, it's hard not to think of his character in Interstellar. In Interstellar. Um, yeah. And then you've got fucking um, the Invisible Woman from Fantastic Four. She's basically playing the same role she played in that last Fantastic Four. She's the chick on the fucking computer, you know, she's on the also comms. She's super attractive, so... She is very attractive, but she's, you know, the exact same character, basically, except she doesn't go invisible. Oh, but wait, they didn't really do that in Fantastic Four either, so she's pretty much the same character. Um, and then we've got Jeff Daniels, who's pretty much playing his character from the newsroom. Yep. Like, he plays it well, and it's great, but it's, it's kind of like, <laughs> is it... Like let's let's step outside the box here, guys. Come on. I was wondering if um if like they had if they recast if it wasn't Matt Damon. Like I'm, I was trying to think if there was another actor in there, somebody who yeah. would like you, you know, another easy comparison would be to go to um, um Matthew McConaughey or someone like that. Like just having more of a heroic smartass rather than just like a smug smartass. I don't know if that would have changed my opinion on things. Look, the movie was entertaining. I need to say that. Like, these, the movie was fun to watch. It was cool watching Matt Damon come up with these things, but there, it was relaxing. It was, like, therapeutic because I never felt anything but, like, oh, that's cool. Ah, oh, oh, that's cool. I knew, you know, a quarter of the way in, like I said, that everything was going to be fine. You know, because everything is just fucking fine. Nothing ever goes wrong. Yeah. There's no way a movie like that's going to throw itself on its head. Everything's fine from the beginning. So, like... There's no real lesson learned. There's nothing. It's just there's no real tension. And it frustrates me. I was just saying, well, the, the most amount of tension did come from the people bickering back on Earth about, you know, yeah. everything. And, that, and so there was some, but there wasn't the tension where you would expect it to be. And that's just fucking baffles me. It's, it should be so yeah. obvious. It's just a bit... It's always just strange how, like, the, the most interesting part of the movie is not on Mars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But there's just moments where things could be really tense and, like, there should be moments where things are down to luck or emotion or, like, just pushing pushing the human limits. To be honest, but I just wanted to see him break, man. I just wanted yeah. to see that smug smile come off his fucking face. Because but it there never is. No, it doesn't. Like, even there's like, a, there's, like, one little brief moment where there's, like, a storm outside and he's sort of sitting there looking at the computer just like, hmm, I'm not feeling too happy about things, but wait. I'm going to do whatever, but it's, 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 it just needed, we needed to see him break. I wanted that, like, as horrible as that sounds, I needed to see, he's a person, the only person on an entire planet, like, I get yeah. fucking cabin fever just being at home for a whole day, so, so it's like, yeah. you know, like, I would, I want to see this guy go fucking nuts, like, it and should have happened, he was there for four years nearly, 
Yeah, he does not develop. That character does not develop at all the whole way through. By the way, how long is a soul? Is a soul like less than a, a, an Earth day or more than an Earth day? It'll be more than an Earth day because Mars is further away further from the away. sun. Hmm. Um, a soul is 24 hours and 39 minutes. Ah, okay, so just... Just, Just yeah. about a day, yeah, okay. Well, and, and like, it, it always seemed like the obvious sort of choice was to send the crew back to get him. Yeah, it, didn't, it never didn't make sense. Like, that, was, that would have been the first option. Who was the closest person, the closest group to this guy? Yeah. Ah, it's the crew that left him there. Maybe yeah, we yeah. should send them back. Yeah, they're fairly um, close. And they had, they had enough fuel, apparently. Like, if they hadn't been going for, like, three months... Wasting fuel, they would have been able to come back get him. Like I, I'm, I'm sure yeah. there's some sort of like, like you know, the momentum that they were going at. It would have used more fuel to turn around because that's why they had to use the gravity of the Earth mm. to like slingshot him back. Basically, I'm, I'm sure that has something to do with it. But I, I, I don't know. Did that get explained? I, I feel like I missed that. No, I'm pretty sure they're just like we can't tell them that he's there because they'll be upset. Yeah. They never even really consider it, which is really frustrating because it would just make more sense it's, donald glover's logic behind how to get there wasn't that complex like no not at all it's like why did it you know apparently he's like this, someone... this fucking prodigy this smart yeah. mind prodigy like why did we have to get you know it just makes sense like that you would send the closest people there but i i also didn't quite understand like when they left mars because they were supposed to be there for quite a bit longer weren't they uh, am, am yeah, i right yeah, in yeah. saying that i like because I, from they left because of the storm they evacuated yeah yeah well, the way i understood it was this fucking crazy storm came through and they had to bail but i was kind of like why didn't one of them just take the ship like michael pina get in the ship and just take it out because that was all they were really worried about because the actual base that they had you know withstood the withstood the storm like why did they have to actually leave mars like why couldn't they just get off mars until the storm goes yeah. away and then come back down come back. um yeah. i feel like i missed something there as well it, that, like, it's just like a a logical thing and i'm sure like if you read the book um this is all explained um you know our mate reese has read the book and i was i was yeah. just having a quick conversation with him about the martian and he he really liked the film he said it, it was really good yeah. and and it sounds like it's fairly faithful to the book so if you're a fan of the book i, I feel like you would really really dig this and apparently um matt damon's character is like even more smart ass in the book so it's like they take it to a whole other level so i was like oh okay well you know i guess they're just trying to push what that character is which is fine but it didn't work for me I don't know. Look, I the this film was still. I still had a good time enjoying this. Like I did. My only real issue was just that everything's hand, handed to you. Like everything's just handed to Matt Damon. Everything's going to be fine. And there's no tension. Even at the end, and this is my biggest issue, is the very end. That was a shit ending. Like, can we be in agreement here? Which which ending are we talking about? The, him? the both of them. Okay. Both of the endings. That was shit. He gets launched into space. And then a whole film that's always been about him being calculated and being able to calculate how to do everything. And suddenly he launches from his shuttle and has to hope that he's going to do okay by cutting his glove. Like, it's so fucking stupid. Um, yeah. And then... Yeah, I guess when, when you talk back on it being, like, in a logical sense, I guess it is. But I, I, to be honest, I think that was probably one of my more favoured parts of the film because... It frustrated me because every other aspect of the film was this... 
Oh, so look likeable. how like smart and intelligent. Yeah, because oh, you you're satisfied because you're satisfied because it's cool to watch. Like it's. I was. Cool I know. I was satisfied because there was there was a significant more amount of tension than anything else in the film. Um, like because they, you know, when the crew were coming in, they were kind of too far away. Like there's one point where they say the, they're like 65 kilometers away from him or something like that, and it's like fuck. They like they they underestimated. You know how how close they were to him and it, and it sort of like to me i was like well fuck now how are they going to get to him and for him to actually you know for them to have to sort of meet halfway and he had to bust his his suit and all that so even though i don't like i guess that would work but it still seemed a little silly it is silly but there's no tension even in that scene he's floating away in fucking space and it's fine he just cuts his glove open and just flies to her there's never a moment when he's doing that where you're like oh shit he just gets he just goes yeah i agree i never goes. i never didn't think he wasn't gonna get saved I, yeah. I never for one second didn't think that but i i will say that that was a little more satisfying to me because he had to i, I actually thinking about it now i think it was more satisfying to me because he had to kind of go off the book he had to do something that wasn't Really, you know, it wasn't a textbook move to fucking break your fucking your your the glove in your your space yeah. suit. Like, so I think I liked it because everything, maybe everything else was so logical, and he's come to the end of the logic, and it's like I just have to fucking, you know, go all out here. Otherwise, I'm not getting, I'm dying here. But they don't really play on it like they should. Like it should have been a bigger deal than it was, but it isn't really made a bigger deal. Um so I definitely I definitely know what you're saying, but I think this scene was probably the most enjoyable just in the sense that he wasn't just growing fucking potatoes. It was it was my least enjoyable scene for me. I just didn't I was like, "Oh, this is satisfying. I like that it's calculated. You know, it's got issues so like this though." And then I'm like, "What the fuck? Like really?" And then it just fizzled out. Ah, oh, they're saved. The end. Plant yeah. a bomb in a ship. Yeah. The end. Nothing goes wrong ever. <laughs> you know what it would have been. You know what would have been nice is if he had like a wife or some family back on Earth. He only had his like parents. Yeah. Like I think that would have added a little bit extra to it. Like you could have had the wife coming in and being like, "Why the fuck aren't you going and getting my my husband?" You know what I mean? Like, but like even stuff like, "Oh, by the way, how, how long is it going to take? It's going to take us. It's going to take us uh, eighteen weeks or whatever it is to to build this probe." Okay, you've got twelve. Everyone freaks out. Holy mm. shit, we've got 12 weeks. That's mm. impossible. Okay, well, fuck you. You're doing it anyway. And then, and, then they're just, and then they're just like, oh, we did it. And he does that more than once. Oh, you've got this much time. The guy shits himself and he does it anyway. There's never a moment where they, they don't get it done. Nothing like that. They just do it. Like, and, and then when there is actual tension, like when the probe, you know, blows up in space, like that's explained to us. We don't see them fuck up. We just see... We just get the explanation that they didn't do the check. We don't see them not do the routine check. We don't see them fuck up. Yeah. Like, it's just that they just don't do it. And that's but, an issue, I think. But to be honest, I was glad that that fucking probe did fuck up because they didn't do yeah. the check. Like, I, the way this movie was going, it probably it, it would have just worked. <laughs> you know, so even though they didn't, yeah, they don't, they don't focus on the things they need to be focusing on and, and, and they just lose all the tension that, could have potentially been there in this film, and that's that's what's most disappointing yeah. about it. But I I did think that that engineer guy did a, a very good job of looking stressed. <laughs> he was good. I liked him, even though what you're yeah. saying is absolutely correct. He he doesn't fucking he has these twelve weeks and he gets things fixed like immediately, so it's not really a big deal. But like every time that Jeff Daniels drops another fucking bomb on him, he's just like, oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> and I, I had a good time with that. 
Yeah, um, I, I like Gambino's bit as well. Donald Glover was really good. I liked his performance. Um, I'm super biased though. I thought he was good. Yeah, yeah I thought he was. I thought was he was kind of underused, to be honest. I would have had. Yeah, him, me too. I would have had him be in it a lot more than what he was. But well, he's different. He's the underdog. He comes in. He's not this suit. Um, mm. And he's lovable to watch. And they use him for one scene, and then he's gone. And I'm like, mm. that's really disappointing. Um, there were a lot bit. of characters as well. Did you real? Did you notice that? There's like, a shitload. There so many lot. characters yeah. in Nash. It was so oversaturated, and like so many names as well. Like we had mm. Kirsten Wig, fucking who was was good, but like underused. Um, Sean Bean, really good. But he sort of only came into it later in the game, and but he was like a big player, and all of a sudden he he's just like really important. And then um, I can't remember his fucking name. The guy from Twelve Years a Slave, he was fucking fantastic. I really liked him in his role. And Jeff Daniels just knocks it out of the park. I have tremendous respect for Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels is a straight pimp daddy, man. Yeah. Every man. all the all the performances I think were fine though. Matt Damon played his character well. I think everybody in this played what they were meant to do really well. Yeah. Um, the difference I is I just didn't like Matt Damon. Just don't Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think everyone did their job well, and I can appreciate that and respect that because, you know, that's a big task. This is a big movie. It's two hours long, two and a half hours, I think. Um, yeah, it was too fucking long. Yeah, it's, it's. I don't know, though. Look, it's got its issues. I don't really know what else to say about this film. The, oh, the thing I wanted to bring up. Now, I compare this to Interstellar a lot, and Interstellar is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of things Interstellar does better. One, the story. Yep. Um, two... The pretty much every aspect of Interstellar is better than yeah, this. Yeah, I was film. gonna say, if but, you <laughs> but there's there's certain things that could have been redeemed. The sound design in Interstellar has to be some of the best sound design I've ever heard, aside from the IMAX decision to like muffle the dialogue at some points. But yeah, when they're in space, like Michael Caine, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, when they're when they're in space, the way explosions and the way they manipulate the use of sound in space is so realistic and brilliant. Um, and Interstellar, and then this, it's just bullshit generic, like, there's no sound, but then the spaceship comes past and you hear, like, the muffle, and I'm like, no, you wouldn't hear anything, like, it'd be silent. Yeah. Um, and the way it, you hear the explosions and you hear these things, and it takes away from it a little bit, because this is a film that's kind of really trying to be realistic the whole way through, which is why I didn't like the ending, because it's got this sense of realism the whole way through, and then it takes away from it by adding this, this dumb, generic bullshit sound design and, like, you've heard it all before and a lot of the, what this movie fails from is that it's kind of generic. Like, it, it's got these big ideas and stuff and then it goes straight back to being this, like, oh, but remember movie. Like, remember it's a movie. Hear the sound of the spaceship fly past. Hear the explosion even though you're in space. I don't know. That, that stuff frustrated me a lot. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I like because because Interstellar was so fucking phenomenal in mm. like in that regard for sure. I honestly didn't really even notice it because it didn't stand out because it was probably so generic. <laughs> How fucking stupid do they look in Zero Gravity? By the way, can I just add that in? They look fucking ridiculous. You can yeah. actually see where the harness is on their bodies the whole way through it. It looks so, so silly. And they they try to look like so cool at the same time <laughs> like do you, did you notice that like they all have like the really like serious face as they're like sort of just like especially jessica chastain I'm, i noticed with her if she'd try and like she'd push off the thing and i'm sure that's how it looks in real life but it it didn't look cool I and they looked like so. they were just it, trying to be cool it do, i don't think it does look like that to be honest like that you can see their backs like Arching, stiff with yeah. the rest of their body like <laughs> 
floating around. And I love how much fucking emphasis they put on it. Like they don't just they don't just like have them floating. They show like wide shots of them yeah. entering and leaving rooms for no reason other than look, it's zero gravity. It's so silly. It was so dumb. And I felt My like God. I felt like it was it was like every character got a go at it as well. <laughs> yeah, everybody gets a turn at zero gravity, man. You can't just have one person doing it everybody needs to have a go yeah. um i just reckon ridley scott like did it on set i reckon he sat there and he's like man that looks fun did it and he's like holy shit guys everybody needs to try this quick i don't care i'll pay you for it we'll set up a camera we'll shoot it just do it uh-huh. i reckon that i reckon everything on that spaceship was originally set in one room everyone was just sitting down and he's like fuck that everyone needs to be floating around it's so fun guys and then they played like Zero gravity volleyball or something to like pass the time. <laughs> Actually, you know what else looked fucking stupid to me was um, the the shit use of body doubles in this. I thought this skinny guy who was supposedly su- supposed to be Matt Damon's fucking character um, looked nothing like him, and I just thought it was the I worst even, use. Really, I couldn't even tell. Like, I I honestly thought it was him. I thought he just lost lots of weight. I, I never really saw. No, um, no way. There's like they have like close-ups of him, and he, and he's got like no shirt on, and you see just like a bit of his shoulders, and he's and all he got all fine. the fucking baby fat and shit going yeah. on. And I'm all, and then it cuts back to this fucking Kenyan, and I'm all, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he just looks. It looked nothing like him. I was like, it was shocking. Like, yeah, and I think it was a good use of the passage of time, but like the way it was shot was just the worst use I've ever seen of a body double. And it's funny, I don't usually. Like notice that sort of Pick thing. That like shit. usually, yeah. I'm pretty forgiving of that. That's more or less me picking on that. There was a lot of con issues actually uh, talking about it. Like there, there was quite a few um, that I picked up on. Just like in regards to they cut to a shot and one item was somewhere, and then you cut back and it was somewhere else. And it happened more than once, which I oh, found really, really weird. yeah, especially I, for like I a high budget film set. Why the fuck was someone not there just making sure items were where they should be? <laughs> it was um one job continuity, one job, one job. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little annoying. But- I didn't really notice the body double thing. I did fucking notice how stupid Matt Damon looked pretending he was the, the Iron... The ending. The ending was just fucking abysmal, pretty much. <laughs> that Iron Man thing was so... I, what? But like it's I said, dumb. like we said before when we were talking about this, I think that was like, you know, all all his logic sort of goes out, out the window because it's like his last, his, his last hope, his last chance. He has to go past logic and, and give it... Go, you know, do an unlogical thing. Illogic? Unlogic. Illogic. Illogical. Illogic. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, that's all i got to say. Should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's finish this shit up. Give us your uh, final thoughts. Look, I had a good time. I thought it was really entertaining. I th- thought there were it had good moments. I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it the whole way through. But at the same time, it just kind of felt flat because this, everything was hand-fed. There's no tension in this film. Everything that should be tense is just told to you. You don't see it. They're just like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. And then... It's not. Everything's fine. Matt Damon solves every issue. His character never develops. He's just a smart ass the whole way through. It felt kind of forced near the end of how like how dumb he kind of gets. Um, and every other and the performances were great. Don't get me wrong. It was just it was just the writing I thought was a bit iffy and and the direction. And overall, I give it a three out of five. Three out of five. That's pretty fair. I thought you were going to go lower. It's funny because I really like the idea of this film and I, I think there is a lot to like about it. The logical side of things, like just how smart Matt Damon's character is when he, with the, the ways he keeps himself alive and, you know, all the, the political goings-ons back at NASA. Like, I really enjoyed all that sort of drama. But for it's a movie that's set on Mars about a guy 
living on Mars. It's not really about that at all. It's more about all the shit going on back at NASA, which is to me is just stupid. Like it's so obvious. Let's just have Matt Damon go through a heap of shit. Let's raise some tension. Ridley Scott's really good at this. He's done it with Alien. I'm just really confused as to what he was, what type of movie he was trying to make here. And again, I haven't read the book, so I don't know if this was the style of the book as well. But I would like to think that this, this, sure this character went through a little bit more to stay alive than what Matt Damon did. I do know that the character's the same, but I, yeah, I don't know. But I didn't like that character. I thought he was a smug motherfucker and he pissed me off. And so it's hard for me to like a fucking film when I don't like the protagonist. But saying that, I did think I liked this movie a lot more until we've had this conversation um, and I've realized that there's a lot to not like as well. So look, it's a pretty film. The acting's all fairly decent. Story's okay, but it just need it just needed a little bit. Like, like I said, I wanted to see Matt Damon break. If Matt Damon broke even just once, I would have been happy. But it never happens, and therefore I didn't really care because I knew he was getting off this off this fucking planet. Uh, probably a two point five. Nice. I'm higher than you for once. It's becoming it's a always- you were you were higher with me on uh you were higher last week on the visit as well I think. It happens occasionally, but it's kind of just like... It's always just a nip above. It's always just a nip. But, like, I... Yeah. yeah. I, I'm kind of in between a 2 and a 2.5, I would say. But, like, I feel Jeez, like yeah. I watching the film, you I enjoyed it more yeah. than, like, the what we've we've talked about here. Um, so there will be people out there, like our friend Reese, who I'm sure fucking loved this film, that will be, like, wanting to slap us both in the face. But it's... From a filmmaking perspective, yeah. they've dropped the ball big time. But anyway, Connor McDuff, next week we're going to be reviewing uh, Johnny Depp's new Black film. Mass. Yeah, Black, Black Mass. Mass. Black, Black Mass. It's, a, it's about an African-American child who is studying to um, become the greatest mathematician. Black Maths. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's not, it couldn't be any further from that. <laughs> Johnny Depp plays a 10-year-old African-American child studying to become the world's math, math, best mathematician. Black mass, everybody. Go see it. The makeup looks phenomenal. You can't even tell the difference. It's fantastic. <laughs> Although, if anyone was going to do that, I would say Johnny Depp. Or maybe Daniel Day-Lewis. I don't know. Robert Downey Jr., man. Yeah, yep, yep. Epic Thunder? Yep. He got nominated for an Oscar for that shit. Did he really? Yeah. For best supporting role or best main actor? Uh, best supporting, I think. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised of another dude. Yeah. He was oh. so good. Yeah. But anyway, this movie is actually about a gangster, and there is a makeup. <laughs> there is some great makeup effects in it. Um, I don't really know too much about it, but apparently he's quite a notorious. It's about gangster. it's about the most notorious gangster in America studying to be the best mathematician. Black maths. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's mass, mass, M A S S. The most notorious ga- gangster studying to be the best mathematician by figuring out the mass, the weight of, of- <laughs> the mass of a black hole. Black Mass, Johnny Depp. Oh. Five out of five. That's actually a movie I'd see. Compelling stance. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm sure that won't be the movie we see, but next week we'll be able to tell you exactly what Black Mass is about um, when we review it. <laughs> yeah. But until then, please get on our Facebook, like our shit, share our shit. We need your support. Please check out our Podbean Go to podbean.com, search Fish and Connor Sora Movie. You'll find all 56 of our episodes as well as on iTunes. 56 fucking episodes. Do you think at this point we're getting paid? You'd be wrong. We make no money. Pay us. Pay us. <laughs> Pay us with your love. 
or money. Either one. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Oh, God. Anyway, play the music, Fish! Thank you for listening to this episode of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. Fish and Connoisseur Movie does not own any rights to the film The Martian, its marketing, or its soundtrack, and no infringement is intended. The track Starman is performed by David Bowie. <laughs>